This is Jamie Andelin, and you're listening to my podcast, Your Turned On Desire. Hey friend, before we start, if you would like to continue to hear more free content about sex and intimacy, then please leave a positive review for this podcast. I promise no matter what, you'll keep getting this content for free, but it encourages me to keep going and creating better and better content when I hear from you. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being here. Hi, friends. Today on the podcast, we have one of my good friends, Corey Woods. She's also an amazing coach. She helps people in their businesses. She helps people make money. But you know what? She can also help you with many parts of your life. Me and Corey are always having the conversation about all the things that Corey can help people with. (laughs) And I'm so excited to have her here today to share her experience. This isn't going to be an episode where we're teaching really a specific concept. We're we're going to be talking about Corey's experience, and I'm sure I'll throw some of my experience in there as well. But I just think it's really important for more women to hear from more women's experiences, not so that we can tell them what they should do, but so that they can be open to understanding themselves better. So there might be things that Corey and I say that you'll think, no, that's not for me. And there might be some things that you might be open to exploring a little bit more. And so that's the hope in this conversation and sharing this conversation with you. So thank you for being here, Corey. Yes. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. Mm, I know. I'm so excited. So one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is because Corey has been in a couple different situations in life. Um, She's been married and she's been divorced. And I just think her voice is unique when it comes to talking about sex. Um, And maybe not so unique. As you listen, maybe you will relate with a lot of the things that Corey is sharing because I know I do. She makes me laugh all the time when she's talking about her experiences. And I'm like, yes, thank you for saying that because I feel the same way. Um, but I wanted to start with the with the idea of, Corey, you mentioned to me that you didn't know your body until you were married. Can you expound on that a little bit for everyone? Yeah. And I just for a little bit of history, I got married when I was 27 years old and I was a virgin. I grew up in a very religious uh, organization and was taught that you don't have sex before marriage. So I had already made that decision. And actually looking back, I was very much at peace with it. And not a lot of people are, but for me, I was. It's something that I knew that I wanted. And so being 27 and a virgin, (laughs) I didn't have to actually learn about my sexuality until I got married. In fact, it was not even talked about in my home uh, growing up. And so when you say, when we talk about how I didn't really understand parts of my body, my ex-husband was the one who sat down and talked to me for two hours before we got married about how my body worked. And I just kept thinking, wait, what? Wait, I'm sorry, we do what? How does our bodies work? (laughs) Oh my gosh. <laughs> Knowing your ex husband, that makes me laugh. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, he wasn't a virgin. He had a kid. I became an, I was an instant stepmom, right? So it was, he had already had experience. And so 
Um, and that none of that bothered me. But I remember when we were having this talk, how gypped I felt. I'm like, I didn't even know that parts of my body were purely for pleasure. I had no idea that I was the one who was in charge of the lubrication during the sex process. I, like in charge of meaning like I just assumed that all guys used lube. Right. Like I had all of these assumptions about like the act of sex and the way that my body naturally worked that I didn't actually learn until the experience of it within a marriage. Yeah, I didn't even know I needed lube until I was married and I was attempting to have sex many times without being roused enough. And so I just wasn't lubricated enough and Mm -hmm. it hurt or whatever and I'd be like what can we do and then I discovered lube and I was like oh mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that was an option yeah and, for reals yeah so interesting so you have this you know you're married you're 20 well you're not even married yet you're 27 you're engaged and you your boyfriend at the time or fiance was mm-hmm. telling you this is how your body works right okay when you look back on that what is something you want to like shine the light on when you think about that? Um, you know, I had a very innocent, there was a, there was an innocence to me, like at that phase of my life. Um, like I said before, I didn't grow up. I'd never had a birds and the bees talk. I remember my mom telling me once that when you get married, your husband is going to have like this really high desire to have sex. Mm. And I thought that was so interesting because one thing that I did understand about me is that I was so excited to have sex and I wanted it all the time. And so when him and I were having the conversation, one of the conver- one of the parts of that conversation was we talked about frequency. How much do you want to have sex? What are your expectations? We just kind of had this really open-ended conversation where I remember asking him about my body. Like, mm-hmm. and he kind of, and I, I hate this analogy, but like women are like microwaves and men are like frying pans. I heard that my whole life, like, oh, women have to be warmed up. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I thought that's really strange because I always want to have sex. So it doesn't, so am I always warmed up? Like, yeah. you know, not, What's not wrong sure. am I a man? Yes. <laughs> yes. And so when we were talking, um, he wanted to have sex, like maybe two or three times a week. And I was shocked. When I heard that, I thought, no, all men want to have sex all the time. And I told him I wanted to have sex seven days a week. And he said, well, we'll see, you know, (laughs) and looking back, I'm even within my uh, 14 year marriage. I was a higher desire the whole time, but I didn't understand higher desire, lower desire. No one taught me that. That's that's kind of where I would shine a light too. that that there are different desires like women work in cycles. I had no idea that, you know, working with my cycle and and where my hormone levels were, like how exhausted I was, how, excuse me, how connected I was to myself during that day. No, no one talked, talked, uh, taught me about like the emotional, the spiritual, the, the psychological piece to having an intimate relationship with a man. Yeah. I mean, your experience was from what I'm gathering, like not much being talked about at all, except for the occasional mention of like a microwave and a frying pan analogy. And then the idea that like, just assume that the man is going to want sex more than you. And then a man will 
be the one who teaches you about your body. You don't know, so he will teach you. Right. That's and I thought that you gathered. Yeah. And I thought he was like in charge of it. So when he wanted it, we had sex. Yeah. I mean, as silly as that sounds, that's how removed I was from understanding intimate sexual relationships and especially within a marriage, you know? Yeah. And then there was like some confusion because you're like, wait, I want sex like all the time. He only wants sex like two to three times a week. So I guess we'll be having sex two to three times a week. (laughs) (laughs) So because I guess we have to default to like what he's wanting. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I had to be okay with it. Like, oh, okay, I'm the wife. You know, what I understood a wife to be and like a submissive woman to be just again from a lot of cultural conditioning. I just learned to make peace with the fact that he didn't want to have sex, not as much as I did and definitely not in the way that I did. Yeah. So you had to make peace with the fact that that's what he wanted. And so that's what your sex life was going to look like. Yeah. And it's almost the same as like a woman who goes into a relationship with a lower desire and her husband is a higher desire. She's constantly, or at least I have found in my experience that she's constantly putting the pressure on her that something's wrong because she doesn't want sex as much as him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's still that comparing to the other person saying like, well, maybe I should want sex more because right. he wants sex more. I need to match his desire as opposed to just having your own, like right. your own individual desire, your own sexuality and and learning how to show up in a relationship as completely, I guess, different desires, which is a, a completely different sexualities. And I guess we can talk about that in more depth later on, but it's like, it's almost like having your own personality, your own, mm-hmm. you know, your own hunger level, your own, skin type like it's like we're our own person when it comes to those things but for some reason with sexuality we seem to kind of get it entangled with the other persons right right and right and it was very interesting and i'm very grateful because um you know just from what i learned from that part of me but you know just going back to what we were talking about is I didn't have, I didn't discover my sexuality until I was married, right? I didn't know that I could either. I didn't know that this part was allowed to exist in or out of a marriage, in or out of a relationship. And, um, and so part of my journey in discovering my sexuality, like after having five kids, right? So I had five kids, we have five kids together. Um, I, there was this point in, in our marriage where I realized like I felt actually very guilty for having a high desire. I felt a lot of shame around wanting to have more sex and wanting to have it multiple times a day, uh, multiple positions, all things, right? I, I, there was a lot of shame around it. I thought actually, um, and I remember getting mad at God even, like, why did you create me this way? Especially when, and then feeling like I couldn't use it or utilize it because of, the difference in our sexual desires, right? Oh, that's such a good point. And that would be kind of confusing. And I think I would be angry too, wondering, why did you create me this way? And I need to use it within this container of my marriage with this person I chose who has a very different desire than me. 
it does feel very unfair. Right. It did. Yeah, it does feel unfair. And I think I'm glad that you shared that because I think a lot of people can relate with that, whether they are a lower desire or a higher desire in the marriage. It feels very unfair to have these different desires. And then something I think I would like to shine a light on too, and maybe you can expound on this is, so I'm not saying I disagree with waiting to have sex until you're married. I don't disagree with that. I also have some questions because (laughs) (laughs) there's like, okay, so we're not supposed to be sexual, right? Let's just say a lot of us who have grown up in religious homes, like we're told just don't be sexual and no, no, even like exploring that part of you with men. It seems to be like, okay, or like accepted that they will (laughs) explore that part of themselves. But for women, it's like, we're told, well, some of us don't even know we can, right? right? I don't even know I can explore myself that way. And then, um, but definitely don't. It's a sin, right. right? To kind of understand yourself. That That's what a lot of people are taught. And even if they don't grow up in religious households, there is um, a lot of times an avoidance mm-hmm. of sexuality. So then, so we're not supposed to know or understand our partner sexually or ourselves sexually until we get married, but then we show up and we have all these like confusing incompatibilities, I'll say with a quotation around the word incompatible, because I'm not, I don't necessarily believe we are incompatible. Like there is work we have to do to work together, but there can be a really big range between some people's desires and Mm-hmm. It just kind of seems unfair. <laughs> like we're told to avoid all that until we get married. It's like we don't even know who this, like how this person's going to be. Right. So I don't know. If you, do you have anything you want to add to that? I'm just feeling like. Yeah. Well, just now that I'm divorced and like also exploring my sexuality outside of marriage, right? Outside of what I was taught, out, like really figuring out this part of me, it's been a journey in and of itself. But looking back, I see the wisdom, right? Whether or not you grow up in a religious household, it doesn't matter because sex creates, there's, there's, it, it creates an emotional connection, a physical, a spiritual, right? And it's, hormonal, right? There's a lot of things that are involved with this. I see the wisdom and why we tell or why we're telling our teenagers and those who are maybe younger just Mm -hmm. to wait because it does change chemistry in our body when you enter an intimate and a sexual relationship with another person. So I I believe in like the wisdom in in that. But now that I'm 43, right, that wisdom doesn't feel like it necessarily applies to me anymore. Um, because I have a fully developed prefrontal cortex, right? Um, (laughs) And I understand how my body works. I understand how my nervous system works. I'm very, uh, you know, practiced in understanding the way that my brain works. We are multifaceted human beings. And um, and so I always, I just want to share this quick analogy that that really helps remind me and why we teach these to, to kids. And I don't think it's a bad thing to share with our children. Like, okay, you should wait to have sex until you're older. Um, it's like teaching a two-year-old, you know, to stand on a curb and not to cross the street in busy traffic. Now a two-year-old like does not have the capacity to understand they could potentially die. They can get hit by a car. They don't know how painful it is, right? So we just tell them, we're constantly telling them like, stay on the curb and trust me, right? 
and we're, we're essentially offering that to like teenagers or younger people or in religions we're, we're telling in religious you know settings we're telling that you just have to trust me but there's no there's not really an explanation as to why and then there's not really a lot of things that were not you know that i remember growing up i wasn't taught like this part of me is actually good and this is why and, and and giving me all of like the options and the information so that I can choose for myself still because I mean when you're I mean Jamie like I kissed over a hundred guys before I got married to avoid having sex <laughs> because it's not because I didn't want it right yeah. I just already made that decision and so my natural protective mechanism was i'm just going to make out with whoever i want as much as i want because that's all i can do right yeah. but that was the extent of developing that part of me because i did, i wanted to avoid shame i wanted to avoid like the guilt and like the, there was so much pressure like i felt like i was there was this huge amount of pressure and looking back i wish we just didn't like wouldn't pressure you know, this, this younger, what is it? I, I, I don't want to just refer to just teenagers, but like when you're in your early twenties or when you're wanting to get married, like how can we like depressurize like this experience? I don't know. I yeah. can go in many different directions with this. Did I answer your question? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, totally. Because I was like, it seems unfair. And like what, what you're saying from your experience is like, there were some really good teachings and you actually don't regret, you know, not being sexual before you were married, but there's also a direction that we could go in where we are at least teaching more to, um, our adolescents or, you know, people mm -hmm. who are growing up and into their 20s it's like teaching them more about their body teaching them what their options are right um, because it doesn't have to be an avoiding of your sexuality right or having sex with everyone like it, right. it, you know there's more tools in our in our toolbox here <laughs> like right going to teach this and i love that you kind of touched on like when we do have sex there is like an attachment that can happen and i think a lot of times people will be sexual with someone before they know if they love them uh -huh. and then they can confuse that like attachment that happens i know for a lot of women the attachment happens it's like a brain thing that chemically changes in their brain and they become attached Absolutely. to the sexual partner you know and sometimes that can be confused with love and so then they don't notice like maybe red flags or you know whatever yeah, yeah absolutely going on you know in the relationship because they're attached because of that being sexual and so there is some goodness in saying like be picky with your sexuality you yeah. know be, you know be picky with it um be choosy with it but in order to do that you have to understand how you work sexually mm -hmm. you know so that you can be picky with it so that you can say this is how I'm going to share it, or this is when, and then it's right. your choice, you know, um, and knowing the, uh, shall I say, consequences of sharing it too soon or sharing it or right. not sharing it enough, you know, um, because even in our, like, as I was gathering from you talking about like your dating and being engaged experience, it's like when you started to share it, you were already about to get married yeah. with him. And so what do you do at that point? 
when you start noticing like things that you're not sure if you agree with, you know, and especially with, um, it, I mean, it's hard to just like call off a wedding because you're like, wait, I don't know if I like how our sexual life is going to go, you know, right. I'm not right. sure when you're so close to it. And so it's like, like introducing the idea of talking about like how often you like sex and what you like about sex and what you want to explore, what you're open to, like how you are turned on, how you're turned off, like knowing these things about yourself and being able to have these discussions mm -hmm. with someone is important. I'm not saying you have to act on all of them, right? but you have to understand. So like, how could a woman, now that you're divorced, how might a woman who isn't in a relationship, we'll talk about a relationship in a minute, Okay. How might she understand herself sexually, whether she hasn't been married before or she's in a later time of life and she's not in a relationship? Like, how might she learn to understand her her sexuality? I love that question. Like, this can go, everyone is different. I just want to offer there is not a playbook. There is not a step-by-step -step process because we, as women, we are so dynamic and, are, and really getting to know our bodies and what turns us on and creates pleasure is first and foremost, so incredibly important um, because pleasure for me doesn't just, is not just a sexual experience, like really, really understanding like how our body feels because my emotional and internal experience that I'm having within my body reminds me of how privileged, how privileged I am to even have a body. Like my full expression of being a woman is what turns me on. The full expression of me, right? And when I, so my sexuality, I also believe it contributes to the wholeness of me. So getting to know her, right. And part of my experience was getting to know her without the guilt, without the shame, without the judgment. So really what that required is the first, I had to get to know me, like who I was, what mattered to me, what I loved, what created a sense of joy and fulfillment in my life. I had to get to know my pain. I had yes. to understand like, cause pain and pleasure are, they're one in the same. They're, they're, our bodies just want to feel something. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I remember like I thinking, I don't even know who I am sexually outside of being in a marriage. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I believe in anymore. I just know that I don't feel the same like I did when I was 27. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you were developing that sexual part of you within a relationship. Mm -hmm. So being out of a relationship was a completely different experience of kind of creating and building that sexual part of you. Right. And I remember calling you and asking you about toys. I'm like, Jamie, what do I buy? How do I use them? I remember asking you because in yes. my marriage, right, in my marriage, I think because, um, you know, for whatever reason, like, I didn't need, we didn't need to use toys. I never had to use a vibrator. I never had, I never had to because orgasm, I really, I, I learned how to work with my body, right? And end with my partner. So yeah. that was a huge blessing. But outside of it, since I wasn't sure what to do, right? I just, you gave me book recommendations. You gave me your course. You gave yeah. me, um, we did everything except a tutorial. Yes, I know. <laughs> did not get on Zoom or FaceTime and me show you. <laughs> I'm so thankful for the fact that you did it. Could have, I, but I didn't. I know. I mean, I was shell-shocked, to be honest with you. I was completely shell-shocked. So 
what I spent a lot of time doing was working on the core of me, who I believed I was, and um, and also having long, I'm a very spiritual person, so I all of a sudden started exploring how my sexuality was directly connected to my spirituality. I started exploring like um, different things that brought me joy and pleasure because if I were doing things for myself, I was developing, I was developing the sexual part of me because sexuality is very connected to the creative part of us as women, what we can bring, what we can contribute to this world, what we can contribute to our family, but it always starts with us. And um, really just looking at the parts of me that I didn't know. I had to look at all of it, not just just my sexuality. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was so fascinating to watch you because, you know, most of my clients are married. And so it's teaching them how to get to know themselves within a relationship. Mm -hmm. It was fascinating to watch you do this because you were kind of forced to or positioned to be on your own to figure stuff out for yourself not because it would make someone else happy not because it would benefit another relationship but just because like you were like i need to do this like i have to know myself i need to have a better relationship with myself especially if i do want to be in a relationship with someone else at some point i'm gonna need fullness with myself And then it was really neat to watch you because like the more creative you were being, the more you were like paying attention to what brought you joy and also your suffering. I'm so glad. Right. It was like your true self, paying attention to this true self. Like what brings me suffering? What brings me joy? And you were really just like, like um, embracing those things about you without judgment. You would call me and be like, oh, I want to have sex so bad. <laughs> I know. Well, Jamie, one thing that I learned, right, because when you're not in a marriage, so I have to, I want to just give this funny little piece, right, because we're, we can all laugh. I can laugh at this now. But when I was in a marriage and because I had a higher desire, um, there were times I remember experimenting one time, okay, and without going into details, I was just so curious how long it would take for my husband to actually want to have sex with me and put on the moves now he never denied me i, I want to give a plug-in like because i don't want him to to sound there's no need to judge him in right. this whole story that i'm about to share but i remember um not initiating sex with him for six weeks it went wow. six weeks where we didn't have sex that was the longest time in our marriage wow. and and i watched myself i watched how i felt i watched how he responded to me and what I what happened was is I developed a habit in our marriage after doing that and observing that that wasn't very good that I only learned after we got divorced right mm-hmm. I basically and I've mentioned this on on my podcast like I prostituted my body in my marriage meaning I knew how to use sex as a means and a way to control him and his emotions and his experience of me and it was very unconscious because no woman wants to walk around with a grumpy husband knowing that if they just had sex with him, he would feel happier, right? <laughs> and But also knowing it's not my job to make him feel happier. It's not, it's not my job to always, like, air quotes, fulfill his needs or duty sex, right? So I learned very quickly that I was able to see after I had gone out of the marriage, after... I had been divorced, how looking back, how I used sex as a means of control. Now, 
the way that I then got to know my sexuality was that's not the person that I wanted to be. That's not who I wanted to be. So I had to heal that part of me that would often use sex or my body to control another person, right? That That's a thing. That's, a, that's what, yeah, you know, that's, that's what I would do. And that's what, and that's what I would notice. Like being out of it, I was able to see like my contribution to like my own suffering around my sexuality and it caused me to do the deep inner work and this is the sh- the story that I really quickly want to share with you but um before I had gotten married I had a lot there was a lot of trauma around like I've had a lot of sexual trauma I'll just put it that way that I thought I dealt with and I didn't realize how much I hadn't dealt with it right mm-hmm. and so after I got divorced um I remember doing some work with my trauma coach mm-hmm and realizing that part of my belief system was that my body is for men like uh-huh. my body like from conditioning right and so how that was showing up in my marriage is that i didn't understand my body was for me so yeah. i had to then learn how to develop and cultivate that part of me the sexual part of me like and really look at it from the perspective that's for me that's not for anyone else that is first and foremost for me and the gift of that is for someone else it's a gift that i give to people it's a gift that i want to give to someone that i care about and love and want to feel connected to and for me in order for me in order to do that in the way that mattered to me i had to get really really connected to myself and understand my body is for me it's yeah. mine yeah, that's it's hard not, for women. I know, like it doesn't exist so someone else can enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's existing for you. Yeah, and then you get to share it. I love that was part of your your healing. And thank you for being honest about that. Like when you realized, I believe that my body was for men. Right. And well, that that well, didn't really occur to you until you were like in your forties that you <laughs> believed that. No, because I was so willing to have sex all the time. Mm-hmm. Like that that was part of my journey, right? So for maybe your your listeners or your or the women who struggle with low sexual desire, they might have the same belief it's just showing up differently. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like this is for him and I'm going to withhold it because I don't want to give him, you know, this mm-hmm. or um and there's so many different reasons like thinking that your body is for someone else can either turn you on a lot because you need to use it to get love from them. Right. Or it can turn you down a lot because it creates this framework that you are not your own. Yeah. You know, and so, and a lot of women don't want to use their bodies or their sexuality um, if they are not, if they don't belong to themselves. If, if, yeah. own and so it can go either way but it's coming from like the same idea yeah i love that you point that out that it can show up differently for different women but it's still Mm -hmm. like we're just like you i also had the belief you know that my body was not my own it was for my husband but Mm -hmm. mine manifested in a lower desire where yours was a higher desire right right and also it also manifested in a way of like if i had control then I didn't have to be vulnerable with this part of me, mm. right? Because part I remember um, part of like my healing when it came to understanding me 
and understanding my sexuality in my 40s as a single mom, I thought um, like I had to explore like where I wasn't willing to be vulnerable with myself. Yeah. You know, that's a thing. That's part of your sexuality is a very, very vulnerable like piece. So open, so vulnerable, so weird. All of it. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> so weird. You know, people, you know what? I even got some um, comments on my Instagram this morning where people saying like, I don't want to try anything new sexually because I'm too embarrassed. I'm like, well, of course, because it's so vulnerable and it's, it's so right. open. Like, of course we're embarrassed mm-hmm. many times to explore that because it is filled with so much vulnerability, so much intimacy, right. so much closeness, honesty, openness. Oh, and that is so uncomfortable. And right. so, you know, just when you were outside of a relationship, so inside of a relationship, it can be hard because you have to be intimate with this other person right. and honest with them and open. And it's just like, well, this is horrible. So I'm just going to avoid it. Yeah. Or you're not in a relationship and it all starts coming to the surface and you're like, I got to deal with this stuff. Like to be honest with myself, like I think I believe that my body is for men. I'm noticing this come up, you know, and then you just be honest with yourself and it is vulnerable and open, but like, as you can kind of confront those things in yourself as a single woman, you can work through them and heal those parts of you. Mm Mm-hmm. So how do you think, like, well, I, I kind of want your opinion on this. In your experience, do you think it's, there is a better or worse, like healing your sexuality in a relationship or outside the relationship? Like, do you think it's possible both ways? Do you think yeah. the other or like, what are your thoughts? Um, there is not, there's not a one, there's not a better or worse. I just happen to experience both so I can see the benefits in both. Yeah, right. Like I can definitely see um, the benefits and some of it, too. I didn't get married to have to get divorced. Right. So okay. I've, I started this journey in my marriage because we had such different desires and because I wanted to explore uh, sex in a different way with him. And he was uh, not in a space or did not have the capacity to to move with me in that direction. Right. So then uh, the part of me that healed in my marriage around my sexuality is like. Um, the shame, because I remember having a lot of shame around having a high sexual desire and wanting to do all of these things all the time. Like I was that girl that, (laughs) I mean, I would have friends complain about their husbands wanting to have sex all the time. I'm like, what the hell are you complaining about? (laughs) Yeah. Stop it. What is wrong with that? What is wrong with you? You know, but really, right. When, when you're, when you, the, the root, the core of my shame came down to what is wrong with me, yeah. right? So, so in the marriage, whether you're low or higher, lower or higher desire, it's manifesting in different ways. Mm-hmm. Really, truly, like there is a core belief something's wrong with me. I had it too as a high desire sexual woman of the world that was ready to do her husband any second of the day. And, and you was like, and I felt bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> that just goes to show that like it's not 
the amount of sex you have. It's not no. the number that you have that is the problem. It is the way we are thinking about it that is yeah. the problem. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's, but it's our unconscious responses to it. So if I believe something's wrong with me, I will find evidence of it everywhere. Yeah. And you'll find it, especially in intimate relationships where you have to be vulnerable because you're like, you don't want them to see that, oh, maybe in fact, something is wrong with me when none of it, none of that is actually true. Nothing's wrong with you. Nothing is wrong with your body. But um, you also, when, when you carry that type of core belief, you have to be willing to like, look at what you created because of it. So if you believe something's wrong with you, you find evidence of it. Sometimes I remember just being so mad at my body. Like I remember like not loving my body because like, because I had the core belief, even in my marriage and outside of my marriage, because I had the core belief that my body was for men, I, I felt betrayed by my body. Like, like, God, why would you give me this for something else? But it wasn't God's fault, right? Like, I, I just didn't understand that my body was for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, so was mad at it. Yeah. Like, I was because mad at it. thought something's wrong with you, you were mad yeah. at your body. Because yeah. obviously, if you think something's wrong with someone or something, then you're going to be upset with it. Right. And then it would just keep showing up everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like... If he didn't want sex the same amount as you, you'd be like, what's wrong with me? Something's wrong yeah. with me. Yeah. yeah. And I, and, you know, and when, again, like the lower desire, one of the beliefs that I, 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 I do believe this now, again, I, I believe that like these type of belief systems exist. Usually they, they're developed in childhood. Right. Yeah. And they just carry they they come with us into the marriage and then it's an extension and shows up in the bedroom. So when I say like something's wrong with me or um, I feel like betrayed by my body, there's most likely betrayal around who I am in other areas of my life, too. It's just so easily seen in the bedroom because it's 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 such a vulnerable place to be. Yeah. A lot of that shows up. And so it's like you could have formed a belief when you were a child that something was wrong with you and your body was betraying you for whatever right. reason. You couldn't run fast right. in the recess or, you know, something like this. And it starts yeah. like building up. And then like when you're older and you're in a sexual relationship, that will show up in the sexual relationship because it's an open, vulnerable place for those core beliefs to come out. And so right. that's where they show up. And it's right. hard to hide them in the sexual yeah. relationship. Our, our sexualities don't tend to hide things. They tend to bring things to light. <laughs> they do. Yeah. They really do. And that's that's what healing is. You can do that in a marriage, in a relationship, and you can do that by yourself. I want to say doing it by myself felt harder only because I think of the circumstantial situation that I was in. Yeah you know, as, as you were like thinking about dating or dating, you know, you would feel those feelings. And so you would start to notice things like, oh my gosh, I just want to use my sexuality to control this person. You know, isn't right, that like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I also was looking for validation within myself that I was wanted and desired. So when I started dating, um, now I've only really dated one person since I've been married, like actual dating, dating, I went on a lot of like first and last dates. Yeah. You know, it's so um, I just want to put that like little preface. But on these first dates that I would go on, 
I, I remember I went on seven first and last dates in a row. Okay. Seven. Yeah. It was so funny. And every single one of them told me the same thing. They're like, wow. Like I, you're like a very sexual person, aren't you? Like your, your energy is very sexual. And I remember like, <laughs> I remember just pondering on that. And I thought, why are they telling me this? Uh-huh. You know, what, what is it about me? Because I know that I'm very sexual. I know that I have a strong energy about me, but what is it about these strangers that are causing them? And also why is it okay for them to tell me that? Yeah. You know? And like, what, what part of me is giving them permission to talk about my body, want me sexually on the first date? So dating, you know, that's kind of where I had to turn in and ask myself these really hard questions is like, I'm inviting this. Like I'm inviting men that only want me for my body. Why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, the, dating was a very interesting tool for me to, to see what, what belief systems were still existing. Yeah. Like yeah. Were, that were still harming me. And really what it came down to is I still wasn't okay with that part of me. Like I still was not at peace with the part of me I didn't know how to be at peace with her. I didn't know how to love her. I didn't know how to accept her. Like I thought if I accepted my sexuality, then I go and sleep with men. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's really what I was thinking through my head. If I accept my sexuality, then, then I can do whatever the hell I want and when I want. And not that that's not true either. But I mm-hmm. thought that like, I thought that it meant something that it wasn't, but really it was, it, it wasn't at all. It was just like, this this beautiful part of me that just wanted to be seen, but it didn't mean that I had to go and give my body to every man that wanted it. Uh, so it, what, from what I'm gathering from what you're saying is like, you might have, before you had accepted this part of you, you would kind of avoid um, looking at her or getting to know yeah. her. Thought if I do, then I'm going to be sleeping around with everyone. And so I, yeah. can't, I can't like fully accept her and look at her and love her because then she will be unleashed and this will be very dangerous. But then what you learned was actually accepting, embracing and loving that part of you actually helped like calm down like (laughs) the part of you. Yeah. And, and also what I noticed too, from witnessing you was it actually helped you find like an actual relationship where someone wasn't really wanting just your body, but wanted to make love to you emotionally and mentally. Yeah. And you could talk about that too. It's like, it feels like we're making love with our minds because we're having <laughs> conversations. Like it was like making the sexual part of you a part of the whole of you and accepting her and loving her actually helped someone else see the whole of you. Yeah. Instead of avoiding the sexual part of you. And then that's kind of what you were leading with. Yeah. That needed to be paid attention to. Oh, thank you for sharing. Yeah. That's like really profound and mind blowing. I think we could have just like had a podcast with just that. Like an yes. episode that that would have been like so good. We've talked about being able to heal your sexuality outside of a relationship. Uh-huh. We've talked about being able to heal it inside of a relationship. We've talked about how it's kind of some of the hard parts of healing that sexuality inside of a relationship or outside of a relationship. But now what if you're in a relationship? What if you're in a marriage? Okay. There's things, there's things that make it hard 
for you to heal that part of yourself, like within a marriage, because a lot of my clients are married. A lot of the people who listen to this podcast are married. They're in a relationship. There's women listening to this podcast who are like, oh, uh, how free would that feel to like be outside of a relationship and be able to like kind of understand and just deal with my sexuality for myself, you know? So like what would make it hard for them to do that inside of a relationship? Okay. I'm so glad you asked that and it kind of clarified it. But the first thing that comes to mind is trust and safety. Mm-hmm. So we have a little bit of an illusion when we are in a relationship with someone that we need to feel safe with them, which isn't wrong. You want right. to feel safe with your partner. But the true safety comes within you. Understanding your own boundaries, understanding what you like, what you don't like, being able to communicate those needs and those preferences to your partner with with or without them agreeing with you. Like yeah. if I come and say my partner, hey, like I don't actually like to have sex, say in the morning. Yeah. And they throw a hissy fit. Uh-huh. Right. But then you'd give in and you're like, oh, I don't want them to be mad at me. So I'll just do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's just a form of self-betrayal. And you're actually losing trust and wholeness and safety within you. Yeah. Now, can you change your mind? I, I always want to remind women like you can have a preference and change your mind yeah. later on. So like you just communicating, say this simple example of like, I don't want to have sex in the morning. You have to be willing to hold the space for your partner to throw whatever fit they're going to have, whether or not they accept it or not accept it. It doesn't matter how they respond. However, it's it's trusting you. It's trusting like your desires, what matters to you, and also not trying to control their experience of you because i think sometimes when we're in marriages we want our partners to be happy right there's a difference between having like duties like i actually don't think duty or duty sex is necessarily a bad thing when you understand that your partner just wants to connect with you and you're okay with that but if you're doing sex out of obligation just so they'll be nice to you or just so they'll like you that's dumb you're you're (laughs) self-betraying yes yes you're just self-betraying and it's it it's hurting right. you. Yeah, it is. It's it's hurting you. And here's the thing, like our partners um, sometimes don't have the capacity to understand like what what it's like to be a woman. And because we're on cycles, right? I watched this one reel the other day and this guy was talking about like how he pays attention to his woman's cycle because of like her hormonal influctuation. Women need more sleep than men naturally. We need to be hydrated. We need um we need the space to like be to be free to dance to do what we want to do because we're conditioned to take care of everyone else first but ourselves. Wow. So if you are in a marriage and you're wanting to cultivate this part of you, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to trust yourself. You have mm-hmm. to create safety within you no matter what. Yeah. So what from what your experience is is like the other person doesn't necessarily make it harder for you to heal your sexuality and how they're being and how they're responding right. you make it harder for you when you're tempted to betray yourself absolutely and when you betray yourself you're making it harder and harder and harder to heal that part of you yeah that's really cool and i remember coaching in your group one time and i can't remember it doesn't matter who said it but they don't they didn't like that their husband complained about the amount all the time yeah and yeah. so there was so much pressure she put on herself to control the complaining, 
yeah. rather, <laughs> rather than like go inward and do the work. Like, well, he wants, he wants to have, why it's not about amount. It's, I can't remember. I can't remember what her core situation was, but when, when she was, whenever we try to control someone else, we are always betraying ourselves. That's yes. really what it comes down to. And it doesn't matter what action, if you're blaming, trying to con, uh, control the other person's complaining or again, experience of you, or if you're just trying to make them happy, so they'll leave you the hell alone. Yeah. I mean, come on now. No, <laughs> really, no guy wants that anyways. No, no one wants that. That would be <laughs> you just trying to control them so that you can feel better or something like that. But yeah. it doesn't really feel better in the long run because you're constantly controlling and betraying yourself. So yeah. like you're staying stuck in this like pattern of yeah. control and it yeah. really sucks and makes you not like sex. <laughs> that's what happens you're like sex is so hard because i have to control this and do this and i'm like or right you could not and i remember you helping in in that group and this is you know in my coaching group there's a lot of women who have this situation where it's like but i but he complains so much it's they don't like the complaining or the initiating of that talk. Like we're not having enough sex. We need to figure something out. Something's wrong. Or they don't like his grumpy mood, you know, mm -hmm. when, when things aren't the way the man has expected or the husband has expected. But to, to kind of recap what you were saying, and I love this because I, I find this to be true in my experience too, is my favorite way to end the complaining is to let them complain. Yeah, my favorite way. I'm like, if you're, if he's going to be annoyed, if he's going to like want to talk about how we need to have more sex, if he's going to complain about it, if he's going to say the sex isn't enough, my favorite way to end all of that is to just let him have his experience. Right. And me not try to end it or control it or do anything about it. I just back away and I say, well, it is what it is because this is like, I don't want to self-betray. I don't want to go against what I like, what I don't like. I don't want to have obligation sex to make you be quiet. Or like you would say, I don't want to prostitute my body yeah. to control you, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> to manipulate you into being, feeling better. Right. Um, and I know that this can sound difficult and that's why you need skills to get through it because, Absolutely. you know, when you can like let them manage themselves, then all you have to do is manage yourself, but yeah. then you know how to manage yourself. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah absolutely. So absolutely. what is like one thing that you think someone can do when they're working on healing the sexual part of themselves inside a relationship and they're dealing with that dynamic of the husband complaining or the husband being grumpy and she just wants to um kind of stop controlling that she doesn't want to prostitute her body anymore she doesn't want to manage right. his emotion right what, so she needs to manage herself what's like right. one thing she could do to start managing herself hire a coach <laughs> i love that answer i mean i don't seriously like i love us women but we were designed for community yeah like, we're literally designed for community so i know i say that lightly like go hire a coach but i'm not lying right yeah. Because a coach is going to help you figure out like your own skill set, right there. So you're asking like, what can they do, you know, in this dynamic? Well, the hardest thing is actually breaking 
the dynamic in itself. It's like creating a boundary. I, I don't know if a bound, I, let me think. I want to make sure I say this right. So what I mean by creating a boundary and you're letting your, like, let's just say your spouse complain and you're letting them have your experience, you can develop a skill. Okay. Now, what can I do for myself, like in this moment to support myself so that, because when we're breaking patterns of response, like you feel like you're dying. Like, I just want to say that out loud. Like, because my, like, if you're used to consoling, if you're used to giving in, if you're used to just like self-betraying over and over again, you want to develop a skill. Okay, what can I do for myself while he's having his fit? We're just, because it's women, men right now, we're just going to pretend the husband's having yeah. a fit. Yeah. <laughs> Whether, if he's having a fit, like, maybe I just go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Maybe I just go um, take myself, like, oh, I'll just go do an errand or, or I will just call a friend right? Like you just get to decide, oh, gosh, I'm trying to think, I don't know if that's an actual it's, skill. It Less. is a skill because you're learning to just, you're, um, it's a form of self. What are we going to call it? We're going to make this up right now. Self -soothing. Yeah. You're soothing yeah. yourself instead of soothing him with sex. Yes. That's, <laughs> that is, that is the skill is like, you're honoring yourself. And I'm going to tell you, as a woman, if you're not used to honoring yourself, it's going to feel like shit for a yeah. minute because yeah. your, your brain is going to, yeah, yeah. Your, your brain's going to try to give you all of the reasons why you should go make sure he's taken care of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's really like, it's, can you thank that part of you? It's like, can you love that part of you? And so I would yeah. encourage you to develop a skill that loves a part of you that is used to responding that way because it got you to where you are today and it's not who you want to be anymore. It's like, yeah. thank you for being here. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for serving me. I love you. And, and I understand like, this is not who I want to be, but this is what's happening for now. And I love you anyways. It's like, it's like loving yourself through the, the, the shit storm of change. Yes. You are the one you're, you want the cycle to stop, you have to be the cycle breaker. Yes. Every time you can't wait for the other one to break. And I know everyone's like, if they would just stop being grumpy, you know, then right. the cycle would break. I'm like, but you're the one that wants them to stop being grumpy. So you're the one that has to stop breaking. You have to break the cycle because you're right. the one that change. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then they just are going to say, if only you wanted to have sex more then the cycle would change. Right. So they are the ones that have to deal and soothe themselves through the process if they're the ones who want that process to change too. You know, so it just always comes back to you. But so to recap, develop the skill of being able to love the part of you that got you to where you were. Love yes. the part of you that used to control and manipulate with sex. Love the part of you that was like, you know what? I'm in a, I'm just going to give in because I want to take care of him and I want to manage his emotions love that part of you love the part of you that is now ready for a change love the part of you that's like i'm going to change this pattern i'm going to do something different i want something better for myself different right. it's time right and learn the skill of self-soothing mm -hmm. practice soothing yourself instead of caretaking him it doesn't mean that you're mean to him it just means you're going to go take care of yourself when you're feeling that anxiety because he's not feeling good, when he's disconnected or disengaged because he's grumpy and not talking to you because right. he's not wants, you're going to go take care of you. What do right. you, what do you need right now?
give that to yourself. Self suit. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, the funny part is, remember, if I can, I just, I love, thank you for that recap, because that is the hardest work in within a marriage is to change the pattern of response towards sex. Mm -hmm. And really what it is, it's not like, it's not what people think it is. It is not an action pattern of response. It's an internal pattern of response. That's where it starts. Like you can give in and have sex, but you're still going to internally feel like you're dying. Like you yeah. have to do the internal work. And then when your actions change, that's why I say like, I'm not opposed to duty sex. In fact, right. I used to tell my ex-husband all the time, listen, just whenever you want it, just tell me I got you. Because... Yeah. <laughs> Because I, well, I loved it anyways, but I, but I'm saying is like that I knew there were times that he was going to want it. And I was just going to say, okay, you know what? This is fine. This is not a problem. Yeah. Internally. Right. I wasn't like doing it out of obligation. Mm -hmm. Right. So if, if there was ever a time, I, I don't ever think I've ever had obligation sex. I have had sex when I didn't want to mainly because I was tired. Yeah. Right. Like, but yeah. I was like, you know what? I don't do what you want to me, like take me, own me, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But it's only because I was secure with who I was. Like I was, I was, I felt safety and trust within myself with that decision. Yes, exactly. Thank you for pointing that out because there is a difference between like, I don't really feel like it and I have to so that I can take care of and manage this person's emotions. Right, totally. Manage this other person and try to control the outcome. Um, very big difference between obligation sex and I don't really feel like it right now, but I'm going to yeah. because I love you and I love this connection that yeah. we're going to have or have or whatever it is. Like, that's fine. Um, definitely. So good. Notice that you have developed a lot of sexual authority. You are in charge of your sexuality. And so whether, whether you're married or whether you're out of a relationship, you're the, your sexuality belongs to you. Your body belongs to you. You get to decide how you use it. You know that part of yourself well so that right. you're able to share it if you want to. Yeah. And there's no obligation and there's no guilt because it's yours that you're choosing right. to do. Oh, girl. Right. And that's taken some time because yes. it's like, it's, it's, there's layers to that. Yeah. Yes. And I do believe like, um, one of my belief systems is like, I'm, I'm like a sovereign human being, like both my sexuality and my spirituality and my physical body. I'm, I'm a sovereign ruler of, yes. and no one gets to decide for me what that means and what that looks like. And because I'm so secure in it, I, what I'm noticing is like, it actually like attracts people, you know, mm -hmm. because our sexuality isn't just like sex. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a creative, it's a life force energy that we as women like have so much authority over. Um, I don't know. I just think it's such a beautiful thing. And again, if I'm fully expressed as me, that piece of my sexuality is always turned on, always yeah. turned on. And I remember even <laughs> yeah. too much information, but I'm going to say it anyways. Like to the point where I understand, you know, because we're cycles, like we are women, we operate in cycles and yes. two or three days every month, I'm like convinced that I'm supposed to have a baby and I'm willing to have sex with anyone who is about to have sex with me. And I laugh at it. Like, I love that part of me because my brain is like, no, we make babies now. This is where we go. make yes. babies. <laughs> but because I know myself so well, I just have to honor that piece to me that thinks I'm supposed to make a baby every two to three days a month. Yes. 
right? And I have a choice over it. And I don't have to go out and sleep with a guy just because I want to make a baby. Yes. Oh my gosh. You know what is so funny? But yeah, because you're in charge of it. You're like, I know my body. I know what's going on here. I'm most likely ovulating. And so yeah. of course, of course, my body's like, your job right now is to show off your legs, get into where yes. there are mostly men and attract them and make a baby. That's like what your body's saying. Another really cool thing is when you get to know your sexuality and you're like belonging to yourself, you really get to know your body. Yes. And, you know, you can't always put your finger on it exactly what's happening, but you, you know, oh, my body's sending me messages and I have a choice as to what I'm going to do with that, you know, right. but my body's talking to me. And I, I think it's beautiful to have that relationship. And as you're as your relationship with your body gets better, the relationship with your sexuality gets better. And it, it, they kind of like one in the same sometimes. And so, cause you know, sexuality is a very embodied experience sometimes, but embodied can also mean like your heart, your spirit, you know, your mind, like all those things working together. So really powerful. Corey, I just want to let people know like where they can find you. So Corey has an Instagram account. It's just at Corey J Woods. So C-O-R-R-I-E-J Woods. And there you can book a couple free sessions with her. So Corey is like a deep coach. So if you're looking for, <laughs> if you're looking like to change your life in one or two sessions, like with Corey, like that's going to happen. You're going to have She's going to show you things that you have never seen before. So if that's something that you are interested in doing, I would highly recommend doing that with her. She also has a podcast, what you want. Well, it's not called what you want. You already have, but that was one of your latest episodes <laughs> that I really enjoyed. Um, but her podcast is called be a woman and not a weak ass bitch. <laughs> right. So you can tell like by listening to Corey's podcast, a lot of what, um, she teaches, but also how she helps you. So she's just very um, straight to it. I've definitely had um, referred people to her before and they will turn around and come tell me after working with Corey that she has like a really high BS monitor so she can call you out on things really well. And I agree. Um, is there anything else you wanna share with everybody about where they can find you or what you're offering right now? Uh, generally, you know, just because coaching is not not everyone has experienced it. So I always just invite people. What I generally do is offer a free breakthrough session. Come experience coaching. Yeah. Um, you can email me at Corey at CoreyWoodsCoaching.com. You can find me on Instagram. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I, I love serving and I love giving the gift of coaching because just like you, Jamie, too, like when people experience coaching, you will walk away with a transformation and you have insight and sometimes one insight is like all you need is. Yep. and the beautiful part of a breakthrough session or a consultation is like there's no obligation to buy mm -hmm. but generally like if you know that you want help whether it's through me or through jamie or someone else this that is the first step we talked at the very end of this podcast about trusting what it is and what kind of help that you need if you feel inspired from anywhere like from any of this conversation like to get help, that's first and foremost what we always want for you. It doesn't matter whether it's Jamie or myself. We offer this because we know we can help. But you, like when the student is ready, the teacher appears. That's just generally how it works. And yeah. 
Um, if you're wanting, again, to experience, just you can find me at those places. Good. And I would Thank love you. to help in any way that I can. Love, love, love that. Thank you so much. Yes. And if while you were listening to this podcast episode, you thought to yourself, it would be nice to have some kind of community where I could gather with women who are also trying to make peace with their sexuality and in their sex lives. I have my online program that is enrolling right now. And so you can come join that. And that gives you new friends and women to talk to who are going through similar situations, but will also be encouraging to you. We want to be better. We want to take responsibility for ourselves. And this community is a really good place to do that. We also have calls in which we ask lots of questions. People share experiences. We navigate them. We talk about them. So it's a really good place to heal your sexuality, come to a place of peace with your sexuality, have more sexual authority, and make your sex life easy. Really. Yes. <laughs> truly, truly. So much easier. So, yeah, you have help out there, and we are so happy to help and serve you if this is something that you are ready to get help with. So thank you, Corey, for being here. I appreciate you taking your time thank and you. sharing your experience. It means so much to me. Thank you. You're welcome. See ya. Bye. That's all for today. Thank you so much for being here. 